on him to hear the word of God, he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two ships standing by the lake. But the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the, ship, one of the ships, which was Simon's, and prayed him that he would thrust out a little from the land. And he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep, and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night, and have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word I will let down the net. And when they had, and when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes, and their net brake. And they beckoned unto their partners, which were in the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both the ships, so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he was astonished, and all that were with him, at the draught of the fishes which they had taken. And so, also, and so was also James and John, the sons of Zebedee, which were partners with Simon. And Jesus said unto Simon, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I just come before you again. I thank you for the opportunity to preach, Lord. I thank you for your word. I just pray that it would be clear tonight that your word would be free to speak, Lord, and that all of our hearts would be challenged and changed by it. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Being a disciple of Jesus Christ is a lifetime commitment. Being a follower of Jesus Christ is a lifetime commitment. And at times, it can be a very frustrating endeavor. As we seek to live each day of our lives to follow Jesus Christ, it can be very frustrating. And we have all failed in our attempts to live as a disciple of Jesus Christ. If I had brought up a Bible reading calendar, I could hold it up and say, how many of us have started a Bible reading calendar determined completely that we were going to finish the entire thing this year and by January, we were still good. By February, but by March, April, May, it was not where we wanted to be when we started out the new year with that Bible reading calendar. Or we make a commitment we're going to show up for ladies' prayer meeting or men's prayer meeting or um, every service of the week or we're going to show up on visitations. Or whatever you know, commitment you made specifically, but just being a disciple of Jesus Christ can be a time where it can be frustrating. It can be something, I'm trying to do this and I can't. I'm trying to do this and I can't. Following. We have all had times in our lives where we tried to follow the Lord and we failed. We have, but Jesus continues each time as we try to live the life of a Christian disciple. Jesus is going to be constantly teaching us. Through His Word, through the preaching of God's Word, He's constantly going to be teaching us and trying to show, show us, hey, if you're going to be my disciple, this is what you need to do. If you're truly going to follow me each and every day, here are some lessons that you need to learn along the way. And if we're going to look at the, li look at the lives of being a disciple of Jesus Christ, if we're going to attempt to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, 
it would behoove us to look at some of those men who were the first disciples of Jesus Christ, who would later become the apostles of the early church and spread the gospel through the entire world. It would say, hey, let's look at these lives. And we're going to look at them um, like we're looking at Peter tonight is the main one we're looking at. We're going to see everything wasn't always just perfect at the beginning. Jesus had to go take Peter and train him and teach him and, and um, correct him. So often through the Gospels, before he ever was, we think of Peter as apostle. Wow, maybe someday I could be like that. But before Peter ever got there, he was a fisherman who needed constant teaching, who needed constant correction. And I know in my life, I need constant teaching and constant correction if I'm going to be a true disciple of Jesus Christ. And there's, some, there's a great lesson to be learned from this text. Let's, we need to start, before we get to where Peter was in this text, we need to go back a little bit. Get the context. Get, the, get where Peter was. You see, Peter had, when we get to this, Peter says, at the end of this text, Jesus says, Fear not, from henceforth thou shalt catch men. And a lot of times people think, this is where Jesus called Peter to be his disciple. Well, yes, Jesus called Peter to be his disciple here. But if, by comparing Scripture, we know that Jesus had already met Peter weeks, maybe months before. Because Jesus had been baptized, and then John points out, Simon and um, points out to Andrew that this is the Messiah, and Andrew goes against Peter and brings him to Jesus, and they begin, and Jesus begins to teach him there. Andrew had already told his brother Peter that this is the Messiah. We have found the Messiah. Then, in John chapter two, Peter probably had been with the disciples at the wedding in Cana. When Jesus had turned the water into grape juice, Peter had already seen Jesus perform miracles. And in the end of John chapter 2, at the end of that text, the Bible says that his disciples believed on him. That at the end of, after watching Jesus perform the miracle of turning the water into grape juice, turning the water into wine at the wedding, that his disciples believed on him. And this happened before we get to Luke chapter 5. Depending on how you look at it, it's possible Jesus had maybe even already made a trip to Jerusalem for Passover before we get to Luke chapter 5, depending on who you look at. So what the point I'm making here is Peter had already spent some, some time with Jesus. He had already spent some sections of time, some weeks, maybe even a month with Jesus traveling around Seeing Jesus perform some miracles, hearing Jesus teach, he had already been with Jesus. He had been also, with this, he had also been away from home for a while, from the best we can tell. And Peter was a fisherman by trade. So when, when Jesus comes back to Capernaum, where Peter and Andrew were fishermen, when Jesus comes back, more than likely Peter's been away for a while. Okay? If Peter is a fisherman... That's his job. And he's been away for a while. That means he hasn't been there to fish and to provide for his family. So Peter's coming back into town with Jesus. And he is, okay, this is in his mind. I need to fish. I need to go work my job so I can provide for my family. So then when Jesus leaves town again, I can go with him. 
maybe he even had figured out in his mind, I need to catch this many fish, this many nights in a row, and I'll be fine. He was thinking it out. I can't tell you exactly what it was, how Peter's mind was working, but we do know Peter already knew Jesus. He had, if he was with Jesus in Cana, if he was with Jesus in Jerusalem, he had been away from home for a while. So this fishing was a very important part of Peter's life here. Not only was it just his job, but earlier in chapter 4, we find that Jesus healed Peter's mother-in-law. Now, if you have a mother-in-law, that usually means you have a wife and maybe even children. So Peter had some people that he needed to take care of. He had some business he needed to do, and that's right business. He needed to do that if he was going to follow Jesus. So Peter's been fishing all night. That's how they fished. They would have um, shallow nets with weights on them, and they'd take them behind their boat, and they'd go through the shallows, and they'd scoop them up, and that's how they do it. And they'd fish all night while the fish were coming up, because in the hot part of the day, the fish would go out into the deep where they couldn't get to them with the nets they used. So Peter's been fishing all night. He, he knows he needs to catch fish so he can provide for his family. That's what he's thinking about right now. And he fishes and he toils. The Bible says he toils all night. Now, when it's talking about toiling, it's talking about just heavy work, wearisome work. If you've been with us over at Union and loaded some containers, that's, that might be considered a couple hours of toiling. But what Peter was doing was all night, all night rowing, all night rowing. And he's got it in his mind that he needs to catch this fish. He needs to do this so he can provide for his family. And as the night grows shorter and he sees the sun beginning to come up and he hasn't caught anything, I can imagine he's becoming a little more frustrated. You can see that, right? He's becoming a little bit more frustrated as nothing is happening. He is a skilled fisherman. He's doing, he has partners with him. He's doing whatever he can to make the catch he needs to. And nothing is happening. Nothing is happening. He's trying to catch fish. He's trying to catch fish. And nothing is happening. The sun comes up. The time of fishing is over. He beaches his boat. And he's, he's doing what he needs to do. He's a good fisherman. He's washing his nets. He's cleaning out his nets, making sure there's no seaweed or um, trash in the nets that could break him. So if, when he does get fish, he can catch them. So he's taking care of equipment. He's doing, being a good fisherman. He's tired. He's worn out. And as he comes back and he begins washing his nets, all of a sudden he just sees crowds of people pouring into the beach area. Now, normally, he's, Peter's used to crowds. Crowds coming to get to buy his fish when he comes in. Well, Peter doesn't have any fish to sell that morning. But he, they're not, these people aren't coming to buy fish. Jesus comes, and he realizes all these people, the Bible says multitudes, they, as the people, they begin to press on Jesus to hear the Word of God. This is an exciting time. Peter, remember, Peter has been with Jesus. And Jesus walks up to Peter and says, Hey, I need to teach, I need to teach the people. I'm going to get in your boat. You're going to push out a little from the land. And I'm going to teach the people so the people could come down. Uh, that area of the Sea of Galilee, it was like an amphitheater. When, Pe- when Jesus backed up a little bit, his voice could go off the hills a little bit. And people would be able to hear him better. He could teach. 
And Peter, he's been up all night fishing. He's caught nothing. He knows he needs to provide for his family. He's like, well, I try again next night. I'm going to wash my nets, go home, get some sleep, try it again tonight. Jesus shows up. The multitudes are there. Jesus says, hey, I need to use your boat to preach to the people. Peter says, hey, I follow you. Sure. Jesus steps in his boat. And then Jesus begins to teach. He begins to teach the people and preach to the people and share to them about how they can repent and come into the kingdom of God. Peter's heard Jesus teach before. Peter's tired today. But Peter's probably still excited to hear Jesus teach. He's he's still totally wanting to hear Jesus teach. Verse number 4 says, Now when he had left speaking, you know what? Jesus had asked Peter to provide a floating pulpit for him to preach to the multitude. He listens to Jesus teach and preach. He's been up all night now. The day is moving on. It's probably at least noon. Jesus taught, would have taught at least for a couple hours. Peter's getting more and more tired, but he's having to keep the boat from how many of, even floating in the little pond. They had some little rowboats on vacation. And we were trying to fish. And every time I threw a cast, five, five minutes later, I'd have to take my oar and swing the boat back to where I was trying to fish. So if Jesus is trying to teach the people, it'd be very distracting if the boat was going in and coming out and going in and coming out. So Peter, as a fisherman, would have been holding the boat steady. He'd have been using his oars and maybe dropping an anchor and trying to keep the boat to where the people could hear Jesus. It was a consistent distance. This means all this time Peter was listening to Jesus teach and he wasn't sleeping. He was, he was doing what Jesus had asked him to do. He was keeping the boat there so Jesus could teach the Word of God to the people who had come to hear. And now, he says, alright, Jesus is done teaching. Alright, I'm going to go back to shore. I'm going to try to get some rest. I'm going to come back and fish tonight. i got maybe two hours to take a nap and then come back. He's like, Jesus is done teaching. He can see Peter maybe lifting the anchor up. Getting his oars, to pull, just trying to pull it back to shore. And Jesus tells Peter, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draw. Okay, at this time, Peter's probably just like, Really? I've been, he says, look what he says. He says, Master, we have toiled all the night and have taken nothing. This is what Peter, he has his, probably his brother Andrew's there with him. He says, listen, we have been working. We have been toiling. We have been sweating. We have been, we're aching now. We've been doing that kind of work. Our muscles are aching all night long. We finished, we've been good fishermen. We've washed our nets. Now we've held the boat still so you could preach for several hours. And But, by the way, we don't fish during the day. We fish at night. And I need to get some fish. But we fish at night. Peter's probably just a little bit frustrated now. How many have ever been very tired, and then somebody makes a says, Hey, could you just do this for me? And you're like, 
I want to kill you right now. That's, that's what, you know, I don't know how many have ever been there. I know I've been there. You just, I remember, you know, in thesis, you know, do, at college when you're doing thesis and you're up to three o'clock in the morning and then you're, you go to work and you come back and you hear some freshman say, I'm so tired. And you're like, can you help me with my homework? I'm like, you have no idea. You have no idea. But Peter, Peter was at that point right now. Peter was just, he was frustrated. He was tired. He, and on top of all that, he had the worry on his mind of how am I going to take, for, take care of my family? Fishing is our livelihood. I'm getting ready to probably leave again with Jesus because I'm going to follow Jesus. I'm a disciple of Jesus. I'm probably getting ready to leave again. And one night of fishing is already gone. Now, tonight, I'm going to be so tired, I don't know if I'm going to be able to even stay on my boat. Because I've been up all day help, helping Jesus so he could preach to the people, which is important. But now Jesus is telling me, launch out into the deep. How many have ever rowed a boat? How many have ever rowed a boat? I have rowed a small boat, as in one that you put maybe three or four people in. Well, Peter probably had a small fishing boat. So it was probably about at least the length from here to the end of the platform. Probably at least. He may have had a sail to help him. But the deep isn't from here to the end of the auditorium. The Lake of Galilee is about five miles wide. That means he was going to have to row or at least row with his sail for a while before he could get out to the deep. And then he was going to cast his nets. The fish were there, but his nets weren't deep enough to go down and get the fish. And then he would have to come back all the way back a mile or two, wash out his nets again because he had to keep the salt and the other stuff that was in the water off the nets so they wouldn't break. And then he'd have to turn around and go back and fish so he could provide for his family. Peter's like, why? But he says, nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. Peter here, Jesus here commands just a worn out Peter, just worn out, to launch out into the deep and catch his net, cast his nets. This meant giving up almost all hope of getting any rest that day before the next night's work. And he was still worried about providing for his family. He was still worried. But he was, he was willing to obey Jesus. Maybe not because he wanted to, but he knew who Jesus was. According to the Bible, he'd already believed on Jesus. So he said, nevertheless, at thy word, because you're Jesus... I'm going to go and I'm going to do what you told me to do. I'm tired. It doesn't make any sense. I still have all this that I'm worried about. And this has nothing to... I mean, it has to do with it, but it isn't going to help the situation any. I'm not going to catch fish out there. My nets aren't right for it. The fish are too deep. They don't come up during the day. But because you said so, I'm going to obey you, Lord. He was probably, as he was rowing out with Andrew... Rowing out, they're saying, why are we doing this? Now, Jesus was probably, from what the best we can tell, Jesus was still in the boat. Jesus was still in the boat. So Peter wasn't 
complaining out loud. He probably made kind of a crack to his brother Andrew. Yeah, we, to really make ends meet, we need to catch a boatload of fish. So they're going out knowing that they wouldn't catch anything. So they're rowing out. They finally get out to the deep. And rather than cast out all the nets, they say, Jesus, we're going to obey you. But I still got a fish tonight, and there's no way that's happening if I do at all. So Peter cast out one net. He gets out there. He does what Jesus tells him to do. He lets down one net to satisfy Jesus. That's his mind. And suddenly, we know the story, there's just swarms of fish everywhere. You know, you've heard the fishermen jokes about the fish jumping into the boat. Okay, that was literally happening here, happening right now. Peter sticks down his net, and like, see, there's nothing, Jesus, and almost falls over flat on his face. I bet Jesus was smiling when he saw Peter's reaction to this. And Peter begins, suddenly, he's, he, he's not tired anymore. He's all in. He's focused. He, doesn't, he sees all these fish, more fish than he's probably ever seen at one time in his life. And he and his brother are there. They're pulling, and all of a sudden, they're, they're waving flags or doing whatever they do to the other people who are probably coming back to get ready for work at this time in the afternoon that are back on the shore. They start waving him, hey, come and help us. And they're like, what are they doing out there? They don't catch fish out there. And they're waving, come, come help us. And so the, they get their partners, James and uh, John, they get in their boats and they, their boat and they get out there. They didn't have one boatload of fish. They had two boatloads of fish. Is what the net break and they had, they filled the ships so they began to sink is what the Bible says. And right in the middle of all these fish, in the boat, there's just piles of fish everywhere. Peter suddenly turns around and looks at Jesus and falls down on his face right in the middle of the fish and says, depart from me for I'm a sinful man. He's like, I don't know why you're doing this, Lord. I, I, I didn't even obey you because that was what I wanted to do. I just obeyed you because I had to. I obeyed you out of a sense of obligation. And he, the Bible says he was astonished. It's actually two words. It means he was like grabbed hold of by amazement. You ever seen somebody just, he couldn't move when he saw what Jesus had done in the provision for him. Peter had been so worried and so caught up. And the reason why I say Peter was worried is Jesus' first words to Peter were, fear not. Fear not, is what Jesus tells Peter. Peter had been so worried about how he was going to do this and follow Jesus. How he was going to provide for his family and still be able to follow Jesus. And then Jesus totally messes up his day and says, you're going to stay here and listen to me preach. And then you're going to go fish where there aren't any fish. And then, when Peter obeys the Lord... He gives him something that Peter could never even have dreamed of. And Peter is just absolutely flabbergasted. He had come to try to do the right thing, to provide for his family. He had even obeyed Jesus when it didn't make any sense. And all of a sudden, everything he was worried about 
was solved. With the amount of fish he would have, he would be able to provide for his family, catch up. He obeyed the Lord. And Jesus, as as Peter falls on his face in front of the Lord saying, What? Lord, I'm just a sinful man. I don't deserve this. I I didn't obey you because I should have. Just leave me alone, Lord. I'm not worthy to be your disciple. And Jesus says, fear not. Stop worrying about it. From henceforth, you will be fishers of men. Fear not. From henceforth, thou shalt catch men. And when they had brought their ships to land, they forsook all and followed him. This is what Jesus was trying to get out of Peter. Was verse number 11. Is where they forsook all and followed Him. The purpose of Jesus' provision was to bring Peter to a point to where he could follow Jesus. Jesus had literally brought Peter to just the point of utter frustration in order to teach him this lesson. Peter, Peter was like, we toiled all night. But because you said so, I will obey it. What was Jesus trying to teach Peter? So he could truly follow Jesus. Jesus was simply trying to teach Peter that he needed to trust Jesus completely with his fears so he could truly follow Jesus. That's what he was trying to do it. To completely follow Jesus, you must completely trust Jesus. If we're going to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, you and I today, we, we are all say we are striving to follow Jesus. But so often we end up like Peter, where we spend our time and our energy saying, I have this worry, I have this fear in my life, whatever the situation is, whether like Peter, it's a legitimate need for him to provide for his family. But that was taking his focus off of following Jesus. And Jesus was trying to teach Peter, if you're going to follow me completely, if you're going to truly be my disciple, you have to trust me completely. That I am able to provide what you don't even think I am. That when I tell you to go out and cast your nets in the deep, that that could be my provision for what you are so worried about. Stop being afraid. Fear not, Peter. From henceforth thou shalt catch men. If you're going to be my disciple, you need to trust me completely because I am God. God desires to remove these fears that we have, whatever the situation is, when we trust Him completely. It was when... Peter obeyed Jesus, even though he obeyed him, maybe out of obligation, maybe because he just, he knew he needed to obey Jesus, though it didn't make any sense. It was through that that Jesus gave the provision. But Jesus was trying to teach Peter, stop worrying about it. If you're going to completely follow me, you've got to completely trust me. And at the end of the story, what does Peter do? Peter, James, all of his partners, they leave it all. They forsake all and follow Jesus. (laughs) 
So how do I learn <clears throat> to trust God completely? I mean, I want to follow God completely. But how can I trust Him more? Well, what fears do you have? What situation is just burdening on your mind? What we need to do is take that and give that to Jesus. And trust Him with what we cannot control. So that we can completely follow Jesus. We need to obey God's Word out of trust, not obligation. When, we, when the preacher is preaching and God speaks to our heart and says, I want you to do this in the way of missions, or I want you to go and witness to that co-worker, or whatever the situation that's just burdening on your heart is, if you are going to completely follow Jesus, you're going to need to completely trust Jesus and obey Him and leave the results up to Him. So my question is, Peter was worried about providing for his family. What are you worried about? Jesus wants to do... Now, Jesus isn't going to have fish jumping into your boat. Because that isn't the answer to your answer. Answer to your prayer request, per se. But Jesus can do something just as miraculous. And on Sunday nights, we have heard about... How Jesus has answered this, God has answered this prayer. God has worked out this situation more than in a way we never would have even thought of. If, but if we're going to truly, completely follow Jesus as the disciple of Jesus Christ, we need to completely trust Jesus and realize that He is big enough to take care of whatever problem we're facing. That He is big enough to deal with the financial, with the emotional stress, whatever it is, the health problems that you're facing. God is big enough to take care of all of that if you just completely trust Him. Because you can never completely follow Him until you've completely trusted Him. You can never completely follow Jesus until you completely trusted Him. There's a challenge here. Jesus had to bring Peter to this point of frustration where he was worn out. Where he was like, I'm just going to obey you, Lord, not because I think this is going to solve my problem, but because you said so. And because he obeyed him, Jesus took care of everything and allowed, freed up Peter in his mind so he could follow Jesus. But whatever the situation is, if we will completely trust Jesus, completely trust God with what He has called us to do and obey Him, that is when we will be able to completely follow Him. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank You for today and thank You for the, Your Word, Lord. And I just pray as we go forth this week that we would turn our burdens over to You, Lord, and trust You so that we could truly follow You. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.